As a strong, independent mother, there is nothing that will get in the way of your child's safety. Soberlink understands the importance of peace of mind when it comes to co-parenting after a divorce. Using the highest quality technology and with features like facial recognition and real-time results, moms like you are empowered with proof that your child is safe. Navigating life post-divorce can be difficult, and having a tool like Soberlink allows for one less thing to stress about. I created this community to provide support for divorced moms like me, which is why I partnered with Soberlink to create this resource, Tips for Single Moms Returning to Work. To access the guide and get $50 off your Soberlink device, visit www.soberlink.com forward slash MMO. This week on Moms Moving On. You're not stuck with sort of like the hand you've been dealt with that through therapy and self-understanding, you can be like, I want new cards. I don't even like this deck. I hate this game. I'm making up a new game. And that was so um, revolutionary for me personally that I just was like, everyone needs to know that it doesn't matter what came before, right? We can understand our family history and not repeat it. It's not about the other person behaving perfectly. It's about you being authentically seen and known. And that is what is so incredibly life altering. Life moves on. So why shouldn't we? This is Michelle Dempsey-Moltak, your host of Moms Moving On, navigating divorce, co-parenting, single motherhood, and moving on. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Moms Moving On. I'm your host, Michelle. And today I am chatting with a wonderful woman who you've probably found on Instagram already. But if you haven't, her name is Terry Cole, and she's a licensed psychotherapist, global relationship and empowerment expert, and the author of the best-selling book, Boundary Boss, The Essential Guide to Talk True, be seen, and finally live free. For over two decades, Terry has worked with a diverse group of clients that includes everyone from stay-at-home moms to celebrities and Fortune 500 CEOs. She has a gift for making complex psychological concepts accessible and actionable so that clients and students achieve sustainable change. She inspires over 450,000 people weekly through her blog, social media platform, signature courses, and her popular podcast, The Terry Cole Show. Terry, I am so glad you're here. I have to admit, my assistant and I have been fangirling for a long time, um, <laughs> constantly sharing your posts back and forth because they hit so close to home. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much for having me, Michelle. I love what you're doing too, being a child of divorce myself. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, those wounds run deep. And I definitely want to get into that today. But first, um, hello. Well, hello. Hello. Do you want to give like the little Terry Cole intro and tell us how you got to this space? Because I, I think the work that you're doing is really deep, but in a way that we can all digest. You know, how I ended up here, like at this moment in time, was sort of not a direct route but it was really based on my own um, therapy journey that made me eventually become a therapist. Before I was a therapist, I was a talent agent, um, negotiating contracts for supermodels and celebrities. That was literally my job. And 
at that time, I was also sort of healing my own psychological self. So for that, that almost 10 years, I was on this evolutionary path myself. And by the end of my time in entertainment, I just couldn't deny anymore that I just didn't care about the Pantene deal or the movie. Yeah. Like I just didn't care. Yeah, I just cared about the mental wellness of my clients. So I spent most of my time getting people into rehab, eating disorder clinics, therapy. So I was like, you're definitely doing the wrong thing if you no longer care about the big deal that you should care mm -hmm. about. And so my, actually my, someone who had been my assistant in entertainment was like, I want to go to school to become therapist. And I was like, yes, I do. <laughs> And that was it. I applied to one school. I applied to NYU because I had been living in New York for many years at that point. And I'm like, I'm not moving to like Idaho to go to grad school. <laughs> and I really only well, wanted what's better to go than to NYU, man. 14. Well, that's the yes. thing. The, the program there was super clinically focused, which is what I was interested in. I knew I was going to graduate and open a private practice, which is exactly what I did. So when I got in, to NYU, I was actually kind of surprised because I hadn't been in school in almost a decade. I did not go to a great undergraduate school. So I was like, oh my God, now I have to go. Like you can't get accepted to NYU and not go. Right. So right. that is what started my, it was really my own journey that started me thinking how everyone needs to know that you're not stuck with sort of like the hand you've been dealt with. Oh that God, through yes. therapy and self-understanding, you can be like, I want new cards. I don't even like this deck. I hate this game. I'm making up a new game. And that was so um, revolutionary for me personally that I just was like, everyone needs to know that it doesn't matter what came before, right? We can understand our family history and not repeat it necessarily. So oh I God. stopped drinking when I was 21. And that is really how I ended up. And that was a lot of years ago because I've been a therapist for almost 25 years. Um, I, you're like, basically like, you know, goals. I, I too have been on this since my divorce five years ago and finally doing the work to understand why I probably got into that relationship and got divorced in the first place. I am on this personal mission to educate everyone as well. And a lot of that is rooted for me in understanding childhood trauma and how it affects everything you do and helping people realize that maybe it wasn't trauma in a in a blood force traumatic way, but things over time that really shape you. And I know you talk a lot about these father wounds. Mm -hmm. There's so much I want to talk to you about because you have the Boundary Boss book, which I'm going to link because all of my clients need it. And so does every listener and follower. But I want to start with these father wounds and, mm -hmm. and talk about how that plays into the difficulty we have setting boundaries in our lives with anyone hard to deal with. All right. So let's start with what is father wound, right? Yes. If you were raised by a father or a father figure. So keep in mind, this does not have to be biological people. It's really like the adults in your life. Who was the male influencer or the paternal influencer in your life? And how you interacted with them is what determines whether you do or don't end up with some kind of a father wound. So if you had a father who was not attuned, who was not there, maybe absent, someone, it could be through death, could be through incarceration, could be through just straight up abandonment. And to a kid, a child doesn't have the cognitive ability to understand death, right? All you know is that other people potentially have a, a father figure and you don't. Mm -hmm. So again, a lot of times people will be like, well, it isn't something my father did on purpose. He passed away. I'm like, right, but that doesn't stop you 
from being wounded by the loss of that influence in your life. And then, you know, then we move into having, uh, you know, totally unavailable fathers or the way my father was, he was dutiful, like did what he needed to do in a financial way, but was completely absent emotionally. Mm -hmm. And we were all, I have three older sisters and my mom, who I'm very close to all of them still, but we, you know, my mother was afraid of my father, even though he wasn't straight up abusive, but so then we were all afraid of him. So I, what mm -hmm. I learned about that is that men are people to be managed, right? Not people to ever be honest with what? No, we're just, you know, we are managing them. So the, and manipulating them because that really is what I learned to avoid rejection, avoid being in trouble, so to speak. I mean, we mm -hmm. didn't tell my father anything growing up. So you can imagine if you think about what happens that was my downloaded blueprint around love, right? Then, and all of us have these downloaded blueprints. In the book, I talk about your downloaded boundary blueprint, which is, you know, in your unconscious mind. So it isn't like we choose to repeat these dysfunctional things. This is just the nature of being human, where um, there's a great quote by Christine um, Obau, I think her name is. Yeah, Christine Langley Obau. We repeat what we do not repair. Mm hmm. Yes. Got to write that one down. It is so it's, true. It's and I so think so true. many people listening who are in the space of going through a divorce or close to getting to that point are like nodding their heads right now saying, yeah, oh my God, I married my father or I married, you know, this person who hurt me as a child. And how did I not see that? And that's so true for so many of us. Well, we think about the the repetition compulsion is what Freud would call it, where we as humans, we have a tendency to repeat dramatic or traumatic experiences. And I always look at that compulsion as we're like looking for a do-over, right? There's a part of us, like the child within is like, this time it's going to be different, right? This time I will be good enough and the person will be available, even though until you've done the work to create a better outcome, it's unlikely that there will be a better outcome because you don't have the skills to create a better outcome. So, so much of the time, even if we say consciously, oh my God, I would, I'm, I'm, would never end up like my parents. Uh, if you don't do something to not end up like your parents, <laughs> it is likely that you might end right, up like right. your parents because it's, right. this is the modeled behavior, you know, Michelle, that we see in our childhood. So unless you create other models of behavior that you can look at, or unless you do the work of healing your father wound or your mother wound or whatever it is, you really are, I'm not going to say 100% destined to repeat, but it's likely from a therapeutic point of view. So this is why it's so important that A, we don't get so down on ourselves, right? Understand that nothing is wrong with you, right? What, what you are doing is what everyone kind of does. Now you have a choice to do something different, make a different choice. And I, I created this way that people can tell if they're having a repeating reality, as I call it, like a repeating relationship reality, is you can ask yourself um, any situation you might be in, let's say it's relationships, you always end up with unavailable people, whether emotionally unavailable, physically unavailable, whatever. So you can ask yourself, I call it in the book, I call it the three cues for clarity, which is three questions where you would ask yourself, who does this person remind me of? Where have I felt like this before? 
and why or how is this behavioral dynamic, the way, like the dance that I'm doing with this person, how is that familiar to me? And a lot of times what we're repeating, which once it comes into your conscious mind, you're like exactly what you said before. You're like, how did I not see this? It's so obvious. Right. But when you're in it, it's not obvious. We're not seeing the parallel process that is always happening underneath the surface because we're so caught up in repeating this familiar thing and feeling wounded mm-hmm. by the way this person, you know, it's like almost overly wounded. You have, we have these amplified responses to things that remind us of when you think about what is a transference, it's responding now in current time. Um, being fueled by an unresolved injury from the past, but somehow something about this current situation is reminding you of the past. Yeah, it's a trigger. It is. So you might be having this amplified response, but those of you listening, you can go, oh, I always have an amplified response if I feel like someone is not listening to me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This this is such important work. No, seriously, because I've, you know, where I was, constantly responding in my first marriage in a way that was like, it was like, I was responding to my father through my ex. I was triggered at every turn, but didn't know why. We're going to call that reacting, but go ahead. Reacting. Yes. I was very reactive. Now, after having done the work, I can, I'm remarried and I can say to my husband now, like, it's not you right now that, you know, sudden change in plans just kind of hit me in that place where, you know, and, and and I can speak to the fact that like, it's not you, this is me. I know that this is rooted in something else. Let me just process this on my own for a second. And that makes all the difference. Oh my God. Well, first of all, it then, instead of your partner, your, your now partner feeling blamed, right? It's, you know, there's, there's a meme online that's like, like, you know, you have to resolve your old injuries or you end up, you know, bleeding on the people who didn't cut you. Right. Mm-hmm. Or something. I don't know. I, I messed it up, but you, you get what so I'm saying. So true. Yes. Right. It's like, where were you five years ago, Terry? Oh my God. <laughs> no, I, it's true. And I think for so many people listening, where they're starting to find the connections is more in line with abandonment. And I have to say, as somebody who did experience abandonment, I grew up very jealous of all my friends who had their dads walk them down the aisle or dance with them at their, you know, I used to have to leave the room in, in weddings when it came to the daddy daughter dance, cause I couldn't handle it. But the more I grow, the more I realize that the relationship alone does not eliminate any sort of wounds. Right. And I'm wondering, are there wounds across the board, even in a good, healthy father, daughter relationship? Can there be something found there that you're, you know, that could potentially be a problem later on down the road? I mean, of course, because our parents are human. So even parents who are there make mistakes, overreact to things, um, say hurtful things, potentially repeat things that their parents did, not because they're bad, but because they're sort of repeating something. And, And again, with these types of wounds, it doesn't mean, again, like you said, it doesn't have to be blunt force trauma, right? Or as my girlfriend, Gabby Bernstein would say, it doesn't have to be trauma with a capital T, mm-hmm. right? Trauma with a lowercase t, a lot of times also needs our attention. And what I want to go back to something that you said about leaving, having to leave a wedding with the father-daughter dance and all that. Here's the thing about our wounds. 
When we understand the things that are driving us, when we take the time to know ourselves, to move through why it's difficult for us to draw boundaries or to speak authentically in our relationships, right? That's basically what Boundary Boss is all about. But there are other things, of course, that that issues in our lives. But when we get curious without judgment, right? You got to be radically curious about, huh, it can't always be other people. Right. If we start to see like, oh, I've had this experience in my last three relationships, but the common denominator in those relationships is me. So I need to look at why is this this particular thing repeating in my relationships? And as we heal our wounds and so much of the time when I talk about healing, it's really about acknowledging, honoring, self-soothing, having compassion for ourselves you might always be a little tender around father-daughter things. I am, mm-hmm. right? And I healed, really healed my stuff years ago. But this now becomes beautifully woven into the beautiful tapestry of our lives where there's nothing wrong with that. That is a part of my life experience where, and then I married a widower who already had kids, who was a wonderful father. And so I get all of this corrective emotional experience being married to someone who know who knows how to be a parent who shows up, which is so, it's corrective, right? It's healing for me to be in that kind of a relationship. But I don't, I think I will always tear up at commercials with dads and daughters. And I will yeah. always feel a sort of sense of loss around Father's Day for the child within me mm-hmm. who didn't get that. But it's not debilitating, right? It hasn't ruined my life, but it, I'm also not acting out right. that right. repetition. So that's the key to what we're talking about right now is how do we not have it be our life acting out these unresolved wounds? We have to do the work. We have to do the work. And so this is where the work begins with boundaries and understanding yourself and where those boundaries need to be set. Hey everyone, I've now added courses to my website because you know what? There can never be enough information out there as you're navigating divorce and co-parenting. Am I right? So if you're just thinking of getting divorced and don't know where to start, I have the perfect course for you. It's called, It's Time to Leave My Marriage. Now what? And it gives you all the steps from what questions to ask your lawyer to when to even reach out to a lawyer, how to break the news to your ex and your family, and most importantly, how to handle it with your kids. My other course is how to safeguard your relationship with your children when you're dealing with a high conflict ex-spouse. You know, if you have someone who's gonna badmouth you in front of the kids. All of this is important stuff to know. So head on over to my website, momsmovingon.com and check out the courses tab today. How is it already 2022? Wow. Well, you know what that means. In just a few short weeks, my first book, Moms Moving On, Real Life Advice for Conquering Divorce, Co-Parenting Through Conflict, and Becoming Your Best Self will finally be out in stores. But it is available for pre-order now. So don't forget to grab a hold of that because for everybody who pre-orders, I'll be holding a special publishing day event just for you. Email info at momsmovingon.com for more information. For so many people listening, they're having a really hard time disconnecting emotionally from what was in order to move forward. 
And I always like to say that that starts with setting boundaries for yourself, if not, you know, around the other person in your relationship with them. So where do, where does one even begin to figure out where they need to set those boundaries? Well, let's start with what are boundaries? So I say boundaries are like your own personal rules of engagement to let other people know what's okay with you and what's not okay with you. Mm -hmm. It means, and this is how I've written it in the book and how I teach in my courses, that you must know your own preferences, your own desires, your own limits, and your own deal breakers are non-negotiables. And so much of the time, that's where the work begins because we don't know that. What we really want is to avoid conflict. What we really want is to have there be no problems. Much of the time, at least much of my audience Same. has yeah. you know, sort of the disease to please, um, a lot of external, needing external validation. And, you know, I have um, a free quiz. It's, it's just at boundaryquiz.com and it's 13 questions. And it, there's seven archetypes around boundary dysfunction, let's say. And some people are like the pushover, the peacekeeper, the chameleon. And I feel like a lot of my people are that and probably yours as well. Yet there's other ways that boundaries are disordered, right? You could also be the ice queen, which is the moment you feel like someone has done something to wrong you, you will cut them off rather than have a conversation. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of passive aggressive behavior or isolating behavior. So it isn't just be your boundaries that are too malleable because boundaries can be too porous, which is too, too loose. They can be too rigid. Or of course, what we're seeking is more healthy boundaries. Mm -hmm. So if someone that, so that's my definition of what are boundaries? Why do we need them? Because we need to tell people how to treat us. Because if we're not consciously teaching people how to treat us, we are unconsciously teaching them how to treat us. And most of the time that is not aligned with our highest self and our best self. Right. We're so repeating, true. right? We're repeating these patterns. So, but if someone is like, well, I don't even know. I don't even know. How do I know when a boundary has been crossed or what boundaries I need? You can tell if a boundary has been crossed. Like, let's just start with doing a resentment inventory. I was going to bring up resentment. I'm glad you're bringing this up. Yes. Yep. Because here's the thing we know, any one of you listening right now, if I'm like, do a resentment inventory, be honest. You know who the problem people are in your life. Mm -hmm. You know who leaves you feeling either frustrated or hurt or humiliated or angry. So that's where we start. We just start taking an inventory because usually that means in those relationships, boundaries are needed. You have a boundary, maybe you did establish or maybe you didn't, but that's being crossed or you have some kind of a need that is not being met. So that's a good starting place for folks who are like, I have no idea because you do know how you feel. Yeah. You do know how you feel. And, and in my community um, of followers and listeners, a lot of this, they realize the need for boundaries when it comes to co-parenting because for everybody makes, and I'll start by saying everybody, including myself, makes the, the critical mistake. If I'm nicer, if I'm more flexible, if I just keep saying yes, we won't have conflict and it'll be fine. But then here comes that resentment where I keep saying yes and I keep being nice and I keep being flexible, but he's not doing the same in return for me. This is horrible. We have a horrible co-parenting relationship. And I'm like, well, no, you don't. It, it's You have a boundaryless relationship. Um, and I think that for so many people, that's that's where they have to kind of separate 
themselves is when they start to co-parent because it's a very unnatural thing to untie yourself from a person in the intimate sense, but still have to parent with them. It's very mm-hmm. difficult. And I just, I am a firm believer that you cannot do it without boundaries, but it really comes to getting over the fear of pissing the other person off for lack of a better term. And what does that activate? That fear of pissing someone off mm-hmm. activates the child within. And so now you're trying to do adult things hard things from the space of the kid. And that's almost impossible. Right. So it's understanding, thinking about your ex, asking the three questions, right? Who who does this person remind me of? Who, you know, where have I felt like this before? Why is this behavioral dynamic familiar to me? And there's another question that you can ask is when I'm interacting with this person in this way, metaphorically, who do I become and who do they become? Right. So it's easier to go, oh my God, this person, I realize now, acts like a bully, like my father did, let's just say, and I become my 10-year-old self in these interactions. Mm-hmm. So we start healing the child within when we start going into these wounds and acknowledging what happened in our life. And it's not about blaming your parents because I, I feel like there's a lot of resistance that comes, or maybe it is about blaming them, but I don't care about them, right? What matters is you. And so the child within you, if you grew up in any kind of a dysfunctional family system, probably was already considering the parents' feelings about things. Potentially. Oh yeah, we were all parentified, totally. Yes. So, so you're considering them above your own. And so- My feeling is don't worry about your parents. Your primary concern is the child within you. Because when that person, when that kid feels acknowledged and seen and honored, right? The experiences that she had, you honor them by writing about them, by talking about them, by not keeping them secret. Then you can be so much more of your grown up self in these interactions. And there's so many things that you can do which is establishing these boundaries in a way that maybe you would never have done it in the past, but actually getting actual rules of engagement, right? And it depends on how extreme the dysfunction is in the co-parenting situation. But I mean, you don't have to subject yourself, especially if you were dealing with an abusive person, you really don't have to talk to them. You can decide everything is going to be through email and keep it that way. You can have a, a, a moderator between you. You can write all of this down so that the rules of engagement are super clear. And even then, that doesn't mean the person is going to abide by them. But if you don't do that, that, then there's no, at least that's a place to start of like, if you're going to change the time that you're going to drop the kids, you have to do it with you know a week's notice or whatever whatever the thing is where the person is provoking you by trampling on your boundary, getting that stuff in writing is really helpful. Absolutely. Um, I always want to talk about boundaries because I work with my clients to set them. We start really simply, which is just following your parenting plan. The parenting plan is a boundary in itself, right? And then the other greatest boundary is using the word no when you use need to use the word no. So I had a client write to me once and she's like, because her ex was constantly infringing on her time with the kids. Oh, I know it's your weekend, but I want to take them to this show. Oh, I know it's your weekend, but can I come see them at the park? So she sent me a screenshot one day where she's just said no without an explanation. 
And she was like, I said, no, and I didn't die. I set a boundary and I didn't die. Cause like we, I would joke with her, like, what's the fear? Nobody's going to die. Your house isn't going to burn down, you know? And, and it just, it's an empowering moment. It's just a really difficult one to get to for sure. But I have to tell you, once you get there, there's no turning back. There's no turning back. And so many women, uh, you know, therapy clients, but also women in my courses are like, I'm looking for people to set boundaries with. Like I've already done my entire family of origin, my ex, my boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it is. Like literally, like I can't wait to set a boundary with my hairdresser, you know? (laughs) It feels so good to be seen. Because here's here's what part of why I think it's so hard is that all we have is our fear of doing it. Like you said, it's a child's fear. Someone's going to spontaneously burst into flame. The earth is going to stop spinning around its axis. Like, Mm -hmm. wow, something really dreadful is going to happen. And when you have the first, second, third, fourth experience of honoring how you actually feel, it's that is so intoxicating and so empowering that it makes it so much easier. And when you think about boundaries, I feel like there's so many myths around having good boundaries, obviously. But one of them is like, Boundaries are used like as a lever to manipulate other people. And that isn't, if you're really doing it in a healthy way, that isn't true. Right. Because it's not about what your ex does, right? Let's just say he said, I want to come see him in the park. And she just says no. And he he is mad right next time they talk. That her, the win is in the saying no. Right. The win isn't in the other person accepting our boundaries perfectly and behaving in a way that they don't normally behave. The, the healing comes from us negotiating for our own needs, standing up for ourselves. The child within us goes, Oh, look who's in charge. The adult is in charge. Okay. And it's not about the other person behaving perfectly. It's about you being authentically seen and known. And that is what is so incredibly life altering. And once you, that client of yours was able to say no with, without writing a frigging dissertation on why she was saying no, because that's a whole other thing. We say no, and then we feel like we need a good enough reason to say no, even though he was infringing on her time. Mm-hmm. So she needs no reason for saying no other than, hi, mother effort, it's my weekend. That's why. How about that? Right. But there was no need to do that. She just said no. Right. When you realize you're you making someone stick to what they already said is a good enough reason to say no. And sometimes with with other situations, I'm not really talking about co-parenting, but where people are, you know, they just have the disease to please and they feel so compelled to say yes to all the things in a reactionary way. It's like sometimes you just not wanting to do something, that is a damn good reason. Absolutely. Right? Someone's like, well, why? I don't want to. That's why. And I, in my own life, I used to think when I was in my 20s, like I need a really good reason. No. So understanding there's a difference between giving context, right? I could choose in a friendship to give context for my no, because I love them and because I don't want their feelings to be hurt. And I want them to understand I would come to their party if I didn't have a big presentation at 8 a.m. the next morning. Mm-hmm. Right? So that's giving context, but it's not the same as convincing. And I think so much of the time we feel like we have to convince the other person that we have a right to yes. say no. And then the other person reacts to our 
insecurity that is coming through. When you just go, I really can't. I hope you guys have a great time. People are so much less likely to be like, wait, why? And I can't believe you. What? It, because it's the energy with which we set the boundary. Right. The second the you try to prove something. Yeah. Right. It, you know, everybody's listening and they have that friend who's like, I can't come. And then there's 17 texts about, and I'm really sorry. And I have this thing. And here's a screenshot of the thing I have to do. So you believe me, like there are, there, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And yeah. so, yeah, boundaries are just not, not just for co-parents. Um, mm-hmm. But here's a misconception. And I know you can speak to this, that I think my community has about boundaries. You only need them in relationships with difficult people. (laughs) That is completely untrue. We need them with ourselves. So we we need internal boundaries. We need Mm -hmm. them with everyone. So I want you to think of them. Your internal boundaries are the way that you relate to yourself. How often do you fall down on the things that you say you're going to do for yourself? Most of us, were raised and praised for being self-abandoning codependents. That's a fact. So we were set up to fail from, right, from right. the from childhood. Most True. of us who wasn't raised to be a good girl. Right. Don't be a troublemaker. Don't be a big mouth. Don't stir the pot. Where's, turn that frown around. Where's my happy girl? I mean, I could keep going. I won't, but. <laughs> I mean, ouch, best. I feel attacked. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, but who hasn't had that experience where, the covert and overt messages were be self-sacrificing. That is feminine. That is being loving. Put other people's wants, needs, and desires above your own. Keep the peace at all costs, even if it's at a personal cost to you. We don't care. We just want there to be no issues and you don't have any issues. So there's so much undoing that we're in the process of um, healing on this journey to go from being a boundary disaster to a boundary boss. And one of the first ones that we really tackle is our relationship to ourselves. And that internal boundary where showing up for yourself, keeping your word to yourself is so incredibly important because if you are last on your own list, right? If you kind of treat yourself like crap, if you talk about yourself badly, if you have a super negative inner dialogue, If you put yourself down so other people don't feel threatened, all of those things, what that equates to is you, right? Your relationship with yourself sets the bar for every other relationship in your life. Mm -hmm. So what we want to do is set the bar high, right? Because you deserve to be treated like the frigging queen that you are. But if you treat yourself like crap, you will attract others who agree with that low self-assessment, you know? Oh my God, this is so great. So tell me how you work with clients. You work individually via Zoom. Do you just work with clients in New York State? I actually don't. I have no room in my private practice. I have a super small, really just sort of a highly visible practice. Like just, I literally, I think I have one private client right now. I work with corporations. Got it. Dealing with boundaries and communication. But I have courses. Like what I what I started doing about six I've years seen, ago. I've seen, you have like something for every part of me, but, and I know that will resonate with so many of our listeners as well. Yes. I have a great one. I don't know when this is dropping, but I have a great one coming up with Mark Groves called crushing codependency Oof, because it is such a problem. I love him. I love him. Good pair. You two. 
He's the cutest. He's so sweet. He, I guess he saw me talking about codependency, got in touch a couple of years ago. And so we we're both have been, we're recovering codependence and we're both obsessed with helping others get out of that grind because it's so exhausting. And really the courses, I have um, Boundary Bootcamp, I have Real Love Revolution, I have a mother wound course, I have a father wound workshop. Um, so I have, I really have something for everyone. And I didn't know, I mean, years ago, I was like, I wonder if how impactful and successful this work is with individual clients. Could I do that with a group online? I have no idea. So I actually beta tested my boundary bootcamp with like 50 women just seeing like, does it work or does it have to be me alone with them one-on-one? Uh -huh. And it actually, because of the um, community element, I was so shocked that it worked faster being in a group. It was so interesting because everyone learned from each other, you know? And they connect. And I could tell you, I I do every month, I do very small group workshops and I very carefully choose the participants and they start a group chat and they add me to it. And there's been one for years, two and a half years now. They talk every day, they check in with each other. They're making plans with each other. The, there's a connection that makes the work more impactful, I think. And I, I do really believe in the power of groups. Oh my God. And not being alone. I mean, so, so much of your work and mine as well is basically mm -hmm. normalizing these very normal and extremely common experiences that society has put this stigma on. So when someone finds your group or my group, there's such a profound relief in like, oh my God, other people who are experiencing what I've experienced, I don't have to be ashamed. I don't have to buy into this societal stigma attached to whatever it is, being divorced, not having boundaries, not knowing how to have healthy relationships. Because really, how could we know any of this stuff? I always look at you know being fluent in boundaries as like learning a language. Mm -hmm. right? And you wouldn't feel bad if you couldn't wish yourself into being fluent in like Mandarin. You know what I mean? Yeah. You would know. Like, <laughs> you learn it. Someone's got to teach you it. And right. nobody taught us these things. Right. So every one of you who's like, wow, I'm a boundary disaster. What's wrong with me? Nothing. You're, you're, you're exactly what your, what your environment and your family taught you to be. But now it's time to unlearn those things and learn something new. You know? And I will tell you that there is no better time to do that than after a divorce. You learn so much about yourself. Women have this incredible ability to really take a step back and self-reflect. And, and that's why I, you know, my, my good friend, Susan Guthrie says divorce is not a death. It's an opportunity. And this is one of those opportunities where you really get to understand yourself from a different lens and recreate how you're going to let everybody show up in your life from this point on. Terry, this is just, I mean, work that speaks to my heart and so, so important. Boundary Boss is her book and I'm going to devour it, probably swallow it whole. I'm so, <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I've not even read it yet. I wish I knew. Um, and I will link it for everybody. And you you mentioned you had a free gift for our listeners today. I do. Um, so it is a Boundaries and Codependency. So it's a video and it's a downloadable guide because I really feel like there is so much misunderstanding and myths about codependency and it creates so much pain in our lives. So I think you're going to love it. Um, you just go to boundaryboss.me forward slash moms moving on. So it's love easy that. to remember. Uh-huh. 
and it'll have all the, and I'll make sure that the link to the free quiz is also in there for people who want to see what their boundary archetype is. Cause it kind of, kind of gives you a starting part. Yeah. I'm going to take that quiz right now. I have, I have lots of questions about it and I can't oh, wait to I, do I'm it. I'm going to guess what you are, but I'm not going to tell you, I'm going to write it down though. And then you're going to okay. let me. Okay. Okay. I'm excited to hear it. Please, before you like make a decision, understand that like my father wounds run deep, but I'm working really hard on them now. (laughs) (laughs) Terry, this was an absolute pleasure. I'm so excited we've connected. And for everybody listening, I know you're just like feeling all the feels right now. Check out the links. Definitely check out the book. Take that quiz. Let that be your, your new step toward changing how you let the world treat you and how you show up. Terry Cole, how can we find you? TerryCole.com. Yep, TerryCole.com. Um, I hang out mostly on Instagram. So that's just at Terry Cole, yeah. T-E-R-R-I-C-O-L-E. And I also have a podcast called The Terry Cole Show that's been around for about six and a half years. So those are really all the places I hang out the most. Oh my God. I, I've been sharing your Instagram a ton. So I think my followers are you know, well-versed in Terry Cole Instagram world. So many good nuggets on there, both from you and the, and the people, the videos and the quotes that you share. Great stuff. Thank you everybody for being here with us today. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next week on Moms Moving On. Imagine a place to get all of the resources you need and deserve while going through the divorce process, from legal and mediation tips to expert co-parenting advice and heartbreak healing words of wisdom. Imagine a place that offered weekly words of wisdom and inspiration curated just for you by me to help motivate you and make you feel seen throughout the toughest days of your divorce journey. Imagine if that place also provided you with the opportunity to connect with other moms who are going through the exact same thing as you. That place exists and it's called the Moms Moving On membership community. With two membership options, you are guaranteed to find your village and thrive in this next phase of your life. Visit my website, momsmovingon.com and click on become a member to join our community now. Thank you for joining us on today's episode of Moms Moving On. I hope you found today's episode to be helpful, inspiring, and give you the advice you need to feel empowered and strong as you move on. Don't forget to come say hi on Instagram at the Michelle Dempsey and drop us a line if there's a specific topic or subject you'd like us to discuss. Thanks. Stay strong.